He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. The one and only Kelsey Tran. She's back on the podcast. (laughs) How are we doing? It's good to see you again. It's good to see you, Will. I'm doing good. My Christmas tree's up. I'm ready for the holiday spirit. Are you already listening to Christmas music? You betcha. Did that happen the day of Thanksgiving or did you go early and start doing it basically the moment you got cold in California? Yes, the moment the heat wave of high 80s was gone, I started playing ambient Christmas music throughout the day, and it made me so happy. And now it's like in the car while I'm cooking dinner. Full blast. R.I.P. Alan, who has to listen to Christmas music (laughs) in October and November. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, honey. (laughs) Hashtag sorry, not sorry. I, I love it. Well, I'm I'm almost ready to crank out some Christmas music, but I'm I'm an old school guy. I'd love to go with some some old Frank Sinatra Christmas albums. You know, mm. get those get those old Franks out, and then maybe a little Michael Bublé. Who knows? We'll, we'll oh, I love Michael Bublé Christmas. A That's good old oof, yeah. Maybe a Mariah Carey. You know, uh, all I want for Christmas is you going a thousand times where she spikes every year because of that song. So dang popular. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear a little teaser, Will. Are you going to mm. sing a bit for us? I, I'm a oh, podcaster okay. for a reason. I'm a podcast. <laughs> I talk, not sing. <laughs> well, this is a, this is awesome though. So this is our fourth bonus episode. I think our so. Fourth, you know, slick talk recap while the last month's worth of pods. Kelsey, as I said before we hit record, you're leading this one. Where where are we starting? What's going on in the world of slick talk? And hospitality. So we have four episodes that we're covering this month for our November bonus. And well, you know, you always ask me this, so I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite episode from this last month? I hate showing favorites, but I did do a post about this on LinkedIn that did say I wanted to highlight a favorite because it was just that good and I felt really good coming off of it. So I will say my favorite this last month was with Richard from Muse. I look up to the guy as a founder, entrepreneur so much. And I think uh, the only way I can really describe my conversations with him every time we we talk on and off the podcast is like it's going through a hospitality theology school where the guy is just so out of the box and just, yeah, it just really breaks it down in such a cool way that it was fun. And I did a lot of prep in the in the beginning of this episode. It came in with some notes and some data and some some stuff. And it was just it was just a nice trip down memory lane for me, especially after like revisiting our first episode. So it was fun. 
yeah, as a producer slash editor, listening to that, I can hear how prepared you were and it made the episode very good. So this month for the November bonus, we have Mike Stone, Chris with Tomu, Arthur with Stayfy, and Richard with Muse. And if I had to pick one word to describe all these gentlemen, it's intelligence. All of them were so smart and it's it's so fascinating to hear them speak just on their subject and their past and i'm always just inspired to be that intelligent yeah i i i couldn't agree more super intelligent it's part of my favorite part of like the pod is just getting to let people show that off a little bit i think it's just like i don't know you you have your head down so much uh especially when you're building or running a company so being able to kind of like talk about it into a higher level uh, it's always it's always fun. It's always fun to geek out, you know, have a couple moments. Yeah. So you're who who we got first? What's the clip? And give us a quick scoop. So this first clip is with Mike Stone. He talks a little bit about his journey and just fighting through getting to where he is today, starting from being an attorney to scratching that and finding what he's passionate about. And he has a lot of great mentors he talks about throughout the episode and he it's just fascinating to see the inspiration he gets from others and how he puts that into his business today i love it so let's play the clip i'm grateful to be where i'm at but i'm only where i'm at because of fighting through that and man it it was tough it was tough it would never once though never once did i consider quitting or giving up or any of that it was always like the, when when my dad would say something about you know getting a job or getting a side like you don't understand, even a side hustle is a distraction to the hours that I could be putting into figuring out how to fix this. So there was no, there was no weak moment. There was no weak moment from, from day one. This is what I do. And that's, that's why I was able to get through some pretty damaging things. It's, you know, other things too, to your point. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not just the one that's one good example. Cause it was, you know, a pecuniary issue is expensive. And mm -hmm. I think that that's relatable to people who invest and get into a bad spot, but uh, you know, plenty of other things too, where you just, hit with situations and betrayals and you know the people not following through on what they say and it, sometimes it's not even to the malicious extent of betrayal but it's like yeah man i just want 100 percent of the money to do 80 percent of the job and you're talking to a tradesman mm -hmm. and you're like yeah but i need the rest of the 20 percent done so how are we going to figure this out and it's just a battle it's a battle it's a battle awesome so you know not to not to kind of shameless plug here but a lot of the people that mike mentioned in that episode you know I know they're all part of hospitality.fm in some shape or form. Maybe not all of them, but majority, I would say 90%, right? Like you got Bill Faith, Mike Shogren, all these people mentioned, and they're such great creators within our network that we love working with them. So not to plug another podcast, but just saying, if you have, have you know, if you ever get tired of slick talk, you have like a ton of other options to go listen to. So Go listen to them. Links are in the show notes. All that good stuff. But yeah, I love I love the entrepreneurial journey with with Mike. Do you have any other favorites? Well, I was just curious with you. He kind of talked about refocusing and putting aside some side businesses just to focus on his like ultimate goal. Have you ever done something like that within your business journey? Mm, I may need to. I, <laughs> a lot of the listeners know that I have my own property management company. But uh, my amazing co-founder, Adam Knight, he runs all of it. I, I don't think I've touched one thing outside of our weekly meetings. But for, you know, 
the listeners that don't know, I also have like three other companies outside of Hospitality FM where Hospitality FM is my baby. It's my, you know, numero uno, but I think I might need to put a little, put a little break, a little press on the brakes uh, for the others, just because I think it's, it's, you know, Brooke Fouts uh, with Fintory mentions this a ton, you know, it's riches and niches and it's all about like being focused. And I think when you find success in one business, you want to continue to grow and try new things and do all this other stuff. At least I do. So that's where I think my my weakness is starting other companies. So yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll need to take some advice from Mike there. <laughs> it's okay. Don't spread yourself too thin. Well, I have no I have no uh, no wife, no kids, no nothing. So gotta fill up that extra time, you know. <laughs> That sounded so sad, but you're rich in business and hospitality. Amen. Amen. That's all we need. <laughs> awesome. Who's next? Who we got next? Okay. We have Chris uh, Osaka with Tomu, and he kind of talks about, well, you mentioned vacation versus traveler and like what you're looking for when you go to stay somewhere, and he kind of goes into what Tomu is and how they're different from every other hospitality business, hotel, short-term rental type place to stay agreed yeah it's uh i I think the model is really interesting we're seeing more and more of it in the news and on our morning show good morning hospitality we talked about like the prefabrication side of our industry it's a little bit more real estate a little bit more construction development but it does offer i think a great solution for hospitality entrepreneurs are passionate about hospitality that maybe just need a little bit of a lower barrier of entry to getting into the industry. And that was really exciting for me to hear with Chris. So while we're at it, without spoiling the clip, let's, let's, let's hit play. Let's bring it in. I don't know if I'm really the guy that wants to have that stimulation of adventure and travel when I'm on vacation or when I'm traveling because of like the day-to-day job, but I love watching people experience that. That's why when I was a hotel manager, I loved being in the lobby when we had a fun event or when we had like our happy hour or when it was just a really good day. Everyone's in a good mood. No one had horrible travel issues and like just getting to experience people connect and, and, and enjoy what we've you know offered or created in the lobby. And, you know, I, I love to watch it. And so for you, give me a vision of Tomu because you guys are different than you're not building hotels so to speak, but you're giving the ability to let people build a hotel-like experience that's unique, that's different without the front desk, without the hotel, you know, lobby gift shop and the bar, like you have such a different approach. So I guess walk me through this vision uh, of, of being able to experience that. Yeah. And this, I think goes back to what I was saying earlier about it's hospitality is less of a binary now. So, so as it is more of like a spectrum of, of types of experiences and all of those experiences, the other side of it is the person that is responsible for it, the, the owner, the operator. And I think that starts with, it could be a single person. I mean, the, the Airbnb arbitrage, I know that's kind of gotten thrown a lot, thrown around a lot lately where it's like, Hey, I'm going to go rent this place and then I'm going to turn it into a short-term rental. I'm going to dress it up. And that might be their way in because it's financially the, the lowest barrier to entry. But what we've seen with a lot of the people that we interact with, it tends to be a little bit of a stepping stone. They, they like the industry. They want to grow in the industry. And so they might go from a short-term rental to maybe a couple short-term rentals, or they go to maybe a bed and breakfast, something that's a single property with multiple keys. 
and then they they kind of go up from there. Conversely, I think we see people come from really large properties. Maybe they were an, uh, a manager or an operator there, and now it's kind of like I want to. I like I learned a lot of the really good skills there, but now I kind of want to apply it to maybe a more curated or or personal experience. So I think we, the company Tome, we kind of see ourselves as a reflection of that. And we want to enable the different people along that spectrum. So that could be somebody that they just want to get their first short-term rental. And so they can they can use one of our our kind of prefab uh, structures to be that first one. And, and it's designed around being used for hospitality. So it's like the way we explain that is, you know, you're not going to you're not going to cook Thanksgiving dinner in a, in a short-term rental. Maybe you are, but most of the time when you're on vacation, you're not going to be cooking Thanksgiving dinner. So you don't need that giant kitchen. So we'd rather use that space for the lounging areas that you see behind me or a bigger bathroom with a soaking tub or, or a rain shower. And that kind of creates a really nice experience. But going back to the, the spectrum, that one person can have one property and it can be a really premium experience. All the way up to, we see ourselves more as a, more of a participant. All right, well... So we're back from that clip. And you mentioned this in the beginning, and it kind of doesn't talk too much about it in the clip, but I wanted to get your opinion because I talked with my husband about this clip, actually. And we talked about vacationing versus traveling. And like when you go to a place, you know, you don't want to make decisions. You just want to travel. And that is dependent on how you work in your day-to-day job. And I was like, that makes so much sense. Like all the previous jobs I've had, I've always made decisions. So when I go on vacation, I don't want to have to think about it. I want to look at something beautiful, relax in this beautiful resort. So do you feel the same? Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I have been dreaming about the day I go back to Mexico where I can lay in a cabana at an all-inclusive resort, go get my 90-minute massage, go back to the pool to get whatever kind of cocktail and food and just chill maybe try to read a book i don't even know maybe just take a nap in the sun i have no idea that's yeah i dream of that day i dream of it i can't wait i can't wait it's coming close i feel it for you Mm. manifest manifest (laughs) yeah i think going into the the actual episode and conversation i think with how busy our days and jobs can be whether it's running a company or for you editing a ton of podcasts and hearing all these conversations, I get to the point where I think it's just is easier for me to not want to do anything and like have no agenda and have the opportunity to do what I feel as I feel rather than like, all right, I'm going to plan out this itinerary. We're going to go Google all these reviews and see what activities we want to do. To me, that sounds like another job. I, I And to be frank with the amount of conferences we do every year, Travel for me has become a chore. So I ideally like I'm honestly like loving just staying home and like being around my friends and doing stuff with my friends in the like the destination or city I'm in. So that to me is like more relaxing than planning a trip to go hike and do all this other stuff. It's like, meh, I'm I'm good. I'll stay back. Couldn't, I'll chill on the yeah. yeah. Couldn't be me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh all right. Who we got next? What's Keep it, keep them coming, Kelsey. Keep them coming. Next, we have Arthur Kolker with StayFi. And he is, I I don't know if I knew what was going on this whole conversation, (laughs) to be honest. A lot of the use of the term VC and business and 
things like that. But this next clip I did understand, and it was talking about AI and tech and your tech stack and having, we're seeing a lot of these in the industry. And he mentioned something about how I feel like a lot of tech operators are trying to have an all-in-one platform. And he was like, you know, it doesn't have to be like that because if you did find something like that, like what are these other companies doing? Let's like lean and support and work together to create the best thing for you. But it's not always going to be under one thing. So let's listen to the clip and then I'd like to hear your thoughts. There's also a chart that Andrew Kitchell, John on and myself got to make back in the day, I think last year, where it's like the ver- different verticals of tech and all the tech companies in them. And there's a lot. There's a lot of tech companies in our space. But one, yeah, but the one thing I think is interesting is there's this kind of this like thought of like, oh, we need something that's like all in one or something that will yeah. do everything. And I'm really not really a fan of that. You know, there's a reason why in our business, you know, we use HubSpot, but then we also mm-hmm. use different softwares for accounting, right? And those two things like shouldn't be in one platform. And I think it would be dangerous to like give your tech stack to one company that controls your fate because then obviously they can charge you whatever you want. And I think one advantage operators have is the diversity of tech because that's what's going to keep prices low and competition innovation high. And so I don't think it's a bad thing that people use six things that do six very different things because just because one company is great at one thing doesn't give them any advantage or any particular reason you know what's what's their what's their rationale for owning this other product line that they have no experience in right and didn't mm-hmm. develop over a course of time so i i'm not afraid of, i don't think it's a bad thing at all that we use you know i don't think using six different pieces of technology for an operator is a bad thing and it's actually probably a great thing and you should probably be glad it isn't just one or two because then uh, there probably be a lot of areas that are lacking, underperforming, or you're going to be at some point overpaying for it if there's not any competition in the space. Okay, well, what do you think? And do you have something in your life? Like I was trying to think of this. What is something that I feel like does a lot, but doesn't do the best at some things? And I thought about my iPhone. Very beautiful. But the Android camera, honestly, is is pretty good but I don't think I'd ever, no, you don't agree? I don't know if I'd ever use an Android camera or switch over to Android just for that. But sometimes it is very clear, I will say. But okay, yeah, what's hmm. your opinion? Ooh, interesting. We got a Apple versus Android debate. I love the Apple camera, but I just think like the, the uh, anyways, without going into it, I just think Google's or Google, not Apple, Samsung or whatever they are. Android. Yeah, there we go. That's the one. I don't know. They're just their camera like looks kind of off to me. It just looks like like more like more pixelated. But that's just an opinion. I could be wrong. Yeah, I've seen some great photos from all sorts of phones. I think this conversation with like with Arthur. Yeah, there was a lot of talk of venture capital and, and private equity and crowdfunding and kind of the other ways of funding outside of just bootstrapping, like kind of like how hospitality FM is like, we don't make money. We don't make money. Like we have no other source of money. So with with that, but the the one thing I, I will say, like the all-in-one solution piece for me is great in theory. I think it's going to be really hard to actually pull off. And the companies that exist today, 
whether they're a property management software or a, a product like StayFi or a dynamic pricing tool, I think they all need to work together on merging and building better API connections. So that way you can have that, you know, syncability aspect, but you still have the independent dynamic piece of all the features that come with all these individual softwares and products. And so when Arthur mentioned that, you know, I was thinking of a conversation with Steve Davis from Operto that we we did that scale kind of failing conversation uh, right before VRMA. And a lot of people these days, I think, are getting sold one thing. And then when they get into the usage and in the weeds of onboarding or using the product, it's not as advertised and it's really disappointing. And I'll use an example completely out of our industry, but Meta and Ray-Ban did these sunglasses together, which I got and uh, I was a sucker. They're on a 45 day trial. I can return them anytime, but I was like, oh, this is sick. I can live stream. I can take video. I can take pictures and have calls and do all these things. Yeah, guess what? If I want to text my friend John, I have to say, "Hey Meta, you know, text my friend John," and it only wants to text him on WhatsApp. I don't want to text him on WhatsApp. I don't mm. text him on WhatsApp. Why would I do that? So it doesn't do what it's advertising. They don't say you have to only use this on Meta. If I get a phone call on my regular phone, of course I can answer it, do the whole talking, and have Bluetooth you know access. But if I want to make a call, they want to go through WhatsApp or Messenger. So it's like, I don't want to call anybody on Messenger. I don't have their number there. It's in my phone. Why don't you just use my phone? So it was really disappointing. You're like, I paid $357 for it. Again, returning them because they suck. No offense. <laughs> but you know, it was advertised as one thing and isn't actually how it is. Yeah, the other stuff's cool. The videos are cool. But again, the video only goes up to a minute. So if I want to take a longer video, I have to keep hitting that you know video button. So not to ramble, but that I think that's kind of what a lot of operators in our industry are are frustrated with tech. They buy this beautiful advertised thing. It's Ray-Ban and Meta and all this other stuff. And they get one other thing that's kind of not as advertised. So I think that's where a lot of our frustration is now. I hear you. I'm waiting for you to start your uh, tech company now. Uh, and I'll be right there too. I already did. I'll tell you more about it later. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay <laughs> okay uh, for our last clip for this bonus episode we have richard v with muse and this next clip talks about relevance and how do you stay relevant you know once you kind of master your branding so we'll play the clip and then i have a question for you will if you're a brand you have to adopt the mentality of like how do I become more relevant over a 365 day period? Yeah. So it isn't just that, you know, somebody's kind of like hitting me up every single time they go on a, you know, on a work trip or something like that. You want to be able to actually kind of be relevant to them, you know, for every other type of trip. And, and I think with what we're seeing in hospitality, then, you know, why shouldn't, for example, somebody actually kind of take offices from the same brand that they travel with? Yeah. Why shouldn't they, for example, like, you know, have different types of, you know, why, why, for example, like, could you not have a branded travel experience basically? Yeah. Why couldn't you actually kind of have those types of things and, and whether that's actually all within one brand or actually within, you know, close partnerships, basically with many brands that you actually start, start looking at, I think that's really, really important. And I think it's the same thing. If you're an independent hotel, you know, you're looking at. How do I make sure that like 
somebody actually kind of, so within a 72 hour stay, we think of like, you know, how can you make sure that you're monetizing every single space and every single feature that you have? Yeah. But then you're trying to also kind of do that over a, you know, that 72 hour period, basically like, how can I be more relevant outside of the, the, the kind of the eight hours that somebody is basically spending in our bedrooms. And so I, I think like those types of things basically like should just be on everyone's top of everyone's mind is like, how can I be more relevant and how can I, can I, can I, can I be more useful to the person that I'm serving? And we look at that basically from a software perspective. I love that. That's something I've talked about a couple of times on the vacation rental side. It's not, you're a home, right? Like you're a destination whether you're in a destination market or not, you should be thinking about the way that your guest is experiencing you beyond just sleeping or cooking, it should be, they should never feel like they have to leave. Yeah. And when they do leave, they have the experience of the destination at their, at their fingertips. So, Will, how do you stay relevant in your personal life and in your business? I thought this was such an interesting topic and it made me think a little bit, you know, as we get older, I feel like it's a little bit harder to stay relevant. So what are your thoughts? Hmm. Interesting question. You should do a podcast. Have you ever thought about that? I don't know. I don't know where to get started. Yeah, me neither. Uh, that's actually a really good question. I, how do I stay relevant in personal and business? I think for the business part, it's going to be easier for me to answer. We have a, a pulse on a lot of things in the industry from hotels and short-term rentals and restaurants based off of our, our medium in general, podcasting, media. It's It's something that it's buzzing. We we hear a lot of it through whether it's the team and the team tells me or if I'm friends with the podcasters and obviously like these are normal conversations. And so I think that's easy for me to stay quote unquote relevant. Right. But then again, I go through this battle of the conversation with entrepreneurs or friends that have businesses and other stuff like that. It's like, how do you balance that line of being a, a, a producer and a consumer? I was, I deleted TikTok off my phone because I was catching myself consuming hours and hours and not just hours at night, like hours throughout the day, like tons of hours on TikTok, which again, not a bad thing, but I was just like, I'm consuming way more content than I'm producing, which I should be producing a ton of content for our overall business. But I think that there's a balance, right? Like now I don't have TikTok, so I don't know what type of like media trends are happening on the short form content side. And I don't like, so there's a balance, I think, staying relevant in the the way this applies to like personal life. I think, you know, the quote unquote work life balance piece is not something I believe in. I believe in work life alignment. So if I'm passionate about my business, then I should be able to carry that passion into my personal life and be present in both. And, you know, that looks different for everybody. Again, you like you have a husband, right? And uh, you know, a growing family, which I'll just leave at that. And I don't, I have friends who are in different scenarios of life. And for us, it's like, you know, I sometimes disappear for a while, let them know, Hey guys, I got to put my head down. I got to work. And then when it's time for me to come up for air, I, I go off for a weekend or as I'm getting ready for a bachelor party or just like, you know, stuff like that. So without going on a ramble, I think staying relevant for me is more of, um, kind of just like picking and choosing what I want to be relevant in. Does that make sense? Hopefully it answers your question. I don't know. 
Yeah, no, that was that was a very good perspective. I, I choose to be relevant in the hours of consuming TikTok. So that is an interesting perspective. Maybe I should get off and try to produce more instead of consume more. Hey, but see, there's a balance. That consumption can help you with what you're producing. You do our Good Morning Hospitality clips. You do the clips for a Slick Talk. You do this for other podcasts in our network. So there's obviously like a carry through, right? Like you're learning stuff over there to bring in to here. But trust me, just because I deleted TikTok doesn't mean I'm not consuming YouTube shorts now. So thanks a lot uh, for all these <laughs> short form content pieces coming out. Uh, it's just fun, fun stuff. Yeah, that's hopefully answering your question. It is. That was that was good. Thank you, Will. Of course. Uh, well, this is a fun episode. We we covered all four. Links are in the show notes for all the listeners that maybe heard us ramble more than we probably should have. But you know, it's this is a bonus episode. This is for fun. This is for funsies. It's just chilling. How do you feel? Just, How do you feel about it? Um, I feel good. It, it was like literally right before you hit record, you're like, you're in charge of this episode. And I was like, okay, got five seconds to prepare. So, I gave you I three and a half. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you three and a half minutes before, you know, playing around <laughs> some other stuff. But uh, for the listeners, I would love to know, you know, if you're listening on Spotify, there's a great little feature that you can go into the episode and you can, it says, what do you think? What are your thoughts about this episode? How's Kelsey doing? That's what I want to know for any of our Spotify listeners, go into that, type in how you think Kelsey's doing on these bonus episodes. I like doing it with her. I think she brings in a nice perspective. So thanks for doing these with me, even though I kind of force you to do them, Kelsey. Of course. It's fun. It's fun. And if you're an Apple podcast listener, which is a majority of our, our slick talkers out there, hit me up. Hit up Kelsey. Kelsey at hospitality.fm. That's where you can let her know how she's doing. And uh, you just do Will with one L at hospitality.fm and I'll, I'll get those reviews and depend if uh, we need to keep Kelsey on the team or not. Just kidding. Just kidding, my friend. Don't. don't my job depends on that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm good at taking criticism. So please let me know. I love it. Well, thank you so much for, you know, doing this with me, Kelsey. What do you have, what do you have to say for the slick talkers out there listening right now? Before we wrap up, if you're not subscribed and you're not listening, what are you doing? Get off of TikTok and listen to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Man, could have said it better myself. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.